Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I am worthy. I am perfect, unique, beautiful, talented, and fabulous. I am worthy of all my heart's desires. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And today's topic has been nagging at my heartstrings for weeks, Jane, um, because I've been looking through all of the episodes that we've done and look, let's, let's face it, Jane, let's face it, we have knocked off some very big, very important topics. We've done self-love. Yes. We've done inner child. We've done shadow work. You know, we've done some of the, we've given some of the biggest tools that we know. Yes. When it comes to, if you want to deal with your issues, there's three or four or five main, you know, the two minute meditation, like all of these things, factor them in and you're on the home run. But I have realized lately, every single client that has come to me, and the universe is clever like this, you know how they send things in clusters? Yes, they do. Clusters. Yes. But I reckon this is bigger than a cluster. I don't think this is a theme or a trend. I'm actually starting to develop a bit of a theory, Jane. A theory. Oh, a theory. You're a taking theory. my role. I know. We used to have a radio segment called Jane's Theory on the radio, but sometimes I get one too. My theory is that this is actually the number one lesson that every human on earth is working on, as well as all the other lessons. People have lots of different lessons. I know we're all here to work and find home on slightly different things. But the number one core theme that I am seeing over and over and over and over and over again with every person that comes to me, no matter what they present with, no matter what the surface issue is, I can always get them back down to the core, which is self-worth. Which is deeply connected to self-love, but well, it's different. How do you feel it's different? Okay. Yeah, here we go. Lee <laughs> Beck's got a bit to say well, on this let's, topic. Let's see if I can articulate it because self-worth, of course, is more of this feeling like I do not deserve or I'm not good enough to have, experience, know, feel, dot, 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 dot. So... Self-love is more about acceptance, acceptance, appreciation, mm-hmm. gratitude, good feelings, confidence, self-esteem, loving your body, having good relationships, yep. all this kind of stuff. Self-worth is hinged off very basic primal things. It, it's, it's always t- connected to a combination of what you've brought in from a past life that your soul's been had some fear knocked into it on, on some, some count combined with how that fear has been re-triggered in this lifetime by the events in your childhood to bring that theme up for you again. It's usually a place in the person's body that's a bit like a black hole or a vacuum. It's a real wound, a real black place where nobody really wants to go that deep. We kind of go to the self-love level when we stop there. We don't want to go the next level down, which is true pain and fear. And it has to do with really deep statements, which your brain would never admit, wouldn't even know are true, but your body is holding things like, it's almost like God has abandoned me. I'm lost. I'm nobody. I'm not worthy. I'm not, I'm, who am I in the universe? I'm not good enough. All of these very, very deep, scary, empty, soulless, hollow concepts. You know, now I know that everyone's walking around in the street. We all look fine and we're all high functioning and we've all got great lives and husbands and families and success and all of that. But still I see this in everyone at some level, you know, it, it, at some level. Everyone's got that one thing that they either can't push through the block 
or they're self-sabotaging because deep down, whether they consciously realize it or not, they do not believe that they're worthy or be, of being good enough of, to have it. Jane. Right. So I feel one of the ways to help with self-worth is to break us down into compartments. It's like balancing scales because if there's an area that we feel that we are very unworthy in, it can actually overtake your whole life, every part of your life, and you start finding that self-sabotaging behaviour occurs. Now, you recently came up with a really interesting terminology that I'd not heard before when you talked about EQ, IQ, BQ and SQ. So perhaps if you want to explain about that. So everyone knows IQ is intelligence, EQ is emotional intelligence, SQ is spiritual intelligence, and the new one, which is BQ, is body intelligence. Now, I had a big aha moment when you wrote, when you um, mentioned that to me, because I felt like in so many areas of my life, I was so high achieving. And yet there was this one area in my life, which for me is my physical body, I have struggled with for most of my adult life to live comfortably in. It's like I kind of live out of it. And I've had so much therapy work and et cetera, et cetera, happening for me to really embrace or try and overcome this challenge. Now, the good news is there's some shifts happening as we are doing this recording. So stay tuned. I might have some more gossip and news to share on that in coming weeks. However, when I looked at that, I thought, that has really affected my self-worth in area in the other areas. Right. So my BQ, which is low, has spilled over into my IQ, EQ and SQ, which in my opinion are quite high. And healthy looking. Yes. So once I was able to compartmentalise this, I realised that, hang on, all of us are at different stages of growth in these four areas. And so... I like to look at this as somebody might be a master's. They might be doing their master's or already completed their, they've got, you know, their PhD, they've done their master's, they've done all this great work. They are the master of one of those areas or maybe two of these areas. They might be at high school in another area and they might be in preschool in another area or even a toddler. Jane, can I just say, it's like people will see, for example, a really successful businesswoman suited up on stage with a mic and the headset and they see her selling 10,000 units of this product or that and they think she's just got it all figured out. But those are the kinds of people sometimes that have the worst self-worth issues and we don't, it's like celebrities, we think that they've actually got it all figured out. The people that we see who externally in one way are very, very high functioning, right? Yes. It's such a tricky look complex. At how many, how many um, celebrities have such low self-worth that we, we have such high abuse, um, whether it's substance abuse or physical abuse or, uh, you know, depression, suicide, right. um, and it is where the, this is all so unbalanced, where one area is, is or, or several right. areas are masters and the others are, and there's shame that comes with that. So that low self-worth in the one area that they're not mastering is spilling over and affecting the areas that they have mastered. It is, and I just want, like, the listeners to understand because this is such a, 
it's a tricky topic because so much of it you're going to find is hidden in your subconscious mind. It's not necessarily in the present. You wouldn't, you're not necessarily going to be able just by listening to this podcast to identify your wound like that. You're not going to necessarily know because you've hidden it for a lifetime. And I'll have people come to me and they'll say, Rebecca, I, I shower by candlelight. I rub my body with oils. I go to yoga twice a week. I meditate. I eat green smoothies. And guess what? They've got self-worth issues. So, that's where I'm trying to differentiate yes, self-love and self-worth. What I'm saying is that, that that is where you would say, okay, their BQ is incredibly high. Correct. Now let's look at their spiritual emotion, uh, spiritual intelligence, their emotional intelligence. Now I would say that if they've got a beautiful physical body that's really mm-hmm. operating highly, that they've likely got high IQ. That often goes hand in hand. I've noticed that too. And so I would be looking at their emotional and spiritual and they will be low now what you can do then is celebrate this is what i love about this when you can isolate it to one area and go you know what i actually do struggle with my bq but my iq sq and eq is rocking it and that is awesome yeah and i'm going to celebrate that and the fact that i've managed to master that means that i've got the tools and tips tricks and and wisdom to be able to what I use in those three areas, I'm now going to apply in the fourth area. Yeah. Instead of taking the self-worth from the fourth area into the other three, take the good stuff into the area that you're struggling in. But cut yourself some slack. Yes. Just go, you're not going to be in this lifetime the master of all four. Or when you are, well, guess what? Your journey's up and you're back <laughs> over the other side. So, you know, you've got to have something. I remember a therapist saying this to me once and I was concerned about one of my children, and how can I help with this one issue? And she looked at me and said, are you serious? And I went, yes, I am. I am. And she said, right, let's just look at this beautiful child who ticks this, 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 this box. They have to have something, Jane. Let them have something. (laughs) And I went, all right. But that was a big aha moment was that, and that was tied in with early self-development of, you know, perfection and Stepford Wives and all of that crap. You know, like I had a a single lady, a client the other week who's been single for two decades and she's like, you know, Rebecca, I just don't understand. You know, I look at all these other women who are happily married and all this and I just think, well, you know, what are their soul lessons? What are they working on? Why? Why is not fair? And I say, well, because they're dealing with completely different lessons to you or yes. to you. they might have had a child with a handicap or they might have had an abusive mother or they might have been dyslexic at school and been bullied you know, just because they ended up with a perfect husband in his lifetime doesn't mean that those other compartments aren't wide open and in and you know what he's being not perfect i'm telling you he's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. what true. we need to watch in the comparison game is that we don't know what's going on for another person and again let's come back to these four intelligences because when you do this you can see someone who's ticking all these boxes But there's stuff you don't know. And the two that you usually don't know, what you do know is the physical because we can observe that very quickly and judge that. We've got all these role models to compare to. So we can judge that very quickly. Yeah. We can usually judge IQ very quickly. EQ is not so easy to judge and SQ is not so easy to judge. Correct. So therefore, when you go, oh, but why am I not finding love? And, you know, there's my friends, what, what's their thing? They've got it all. They've got it all going on. Well, you know what? Their SQ and EQ are probably all over the shop, one or the other, if not both. Yeah. So you can't know somebody in all four areas. And that's how you can feel good about you and stop comparing and having the envy monster because you just don't know. Some people will also settle at very... You know, it sounds a bit harsh, but they they may have a lower bar than you have. They may be happy to settle for a lifetime, for example, with somebody 
and not have really big demands of that person or that relationship so they're okay to cruise with it. Whereas, you know, maybe some of the listeners out there, for example, to keep going with this example, who are single, who are really, really searching, maybe it's because you've actually got very big spiritual, emotional EQ, SQ ideals that it's going to take a very rare individual to meet. And the path is going to be a little bit trickier for you. Yeah, we're getting is. a little bit off, off, off the topic, topic of self-worth yes. here. So what I'm going to say is everyone who's been presenting to me that I managed to, like I said, they'll come and they'll, they'll say, um, my baby's got colic and she's screaming and I can't sleep and I'm stressed. Or they'll say, this is happening at my work and I'm, I'm blocked and I can't get ahead with money. Or they'll say, I haven't had sex for a year with my partner. Or they'll say, like, whatever they are presenting with. Once I get them to come right into the crux emotions of the issue, I'm always finding self-worth. Now, when you start to look into wounds, words will come up like, I feel hurt, I feel sad, I feel anger, that's common, lots of anger, resentment, pain, grief. Now, those are all very strong emotions, lower, heavy, heavier emotions, but none of them feel as deep and as low as the actual self-worth like the the, as the self-worth emotions so if somebody says anger I say good but what's beneath the anger I always want to know what's under anger anger's a higher one anger burns off and goes anger's not the lowest emotion you can feel you know and neither necessarily is sadness sadness isn't the lowest emotion you can feel and finally people often get down to words like I feel rejected or abandoned words like that Mm -hmm. which which usually means when I was a kid Mum and dad were good people and they were busy and they put food on the table, but they never got down and looked me in the eyes and acknowledged my soul or they didn't give me hugs or they didn't reassure me at a few times in my childhood when that was really needed by me or they didn't protect me or whatever. Now, these are very primal wants and needs that aren't being met by a child. And when the inner child's primal wants and needs are not met, as we've said in other podcasts, that child runs the show for the rest of your life. You've pushed that child down and you're not really very aware of them and you're living an adult life. But that six-year-old who didn't get the hug or that 12-year-old who didn't get told she was good enough is absolutely sabotaging you at every turn in your adult life when you try and go and do something bigger or better for yourself. Because deep down, you don't, you're just not sure. If you really get my last client last night, you've just described exactly what that was. This is my point. This is why everyone's presenting like this. I know they are every single Everyone has got this going on. So, okay, so I'm wanting people to try and get down. Once people start saying, using words like rejected or abandoned, unheard, unlistened to, I'm like, fine, yes, good, great, we're getting there, but those are not emotions. How did those scenarios make you feel? Name the feeling and you've got to be able to name the feeling and that's when we start getting words like empty not good enough hate myself things like that this is the self-worth the right at the bottom that we're really kicking into exactly so what to do from there is to well first off the awareness that that child at that age and you will normally be able to pinpoint it you will go I was six years old when I had to move schools and I never made any friends. And I first felt that feeling in my body in that place in my tummy that was that was the, the yucky, empty, hollow, yes. not good enough feeling. Yes. And as you do that, you'll be you'll be able to conjure up the emotions. But as you get to that label that Beck's been, you know, articulating, you need to get to that one core emotion. Let's say it is there was loneliness and underneath loneliness was I wasn't good enough for the other kids. Yep. 
So what do you do from that? Now, I refer you here to our inner child podcast because this is where this child has now acting out either defiant, harshly, cold, needy, could be, you know, could be really warm and soft and needy or it could be really harsh and people-pleasing people pleasing or um, bull in a china shop, don't hurt me, I'll hurt you first. Um, and as you start to recognise that, you'll see that this is playing out in every area of your life. It'll be your career, your friendships, your family. It'll be every area, your love life. And you'll see that clearly that the underlying memories through all of the adulthood is all connected with I have a fear of these people not thinking I'm good enough. I don't want that social mirror held up to me. But what is the truth? Revisit this child as the adult. Go to this six-year-old and look at, actually, look at any six-year-old in the entire world. It doesn't even have to be yourself. Look at another child. Is there a six-year-old alive that is not worthy? And the answer is no. There might be six-year-olds that behave badly because they've not been given terrific guidelines or guidance in life. But deep down, there is not a six-year-old that is not perfect, unique, beautiful, talented, and fabulous, and a whole heap of other beautiful qualities. They actually are incredibly worthy. You wouldn't dream of going up to a six-year-old and saying, you're not worthy. That just does not make sense. And yet we do it to and ourselves. Yet, exactly. That was exactly where I was Sorry, coming Jane. to. No, no, no. It's all good. Exactly. <clears throat> so this six-year-old that is now at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, beyond, however old you are, this six-year-old is running your show. And until you heal this six-year-old and tell her or him that he is absolutely worthy and you deeply believe this, how can you not truly believe this about yourself as a six-year-old? You know, you know, and if this should be bringing tears to your eyes, you know that you absolutely as a six-year-old were perfect and did do not deserve any of this abusive behaviour, none of it. So you need to start telling this child that you absolutely are worthy, that you're amazing and that it's okay now. Nobody is going to hurt you because you don't need to be scared of that anymore because I've got your back and I love you and I am going to make sure that we can live life together open free, embracing opportunities, not scared of being hurt and going for it with life because you're worthy of it. You are worthy of every single thing you desire. You have to parent yourself because no one ain't ever now going to do it for you. And you know what? You may have had some really bad episodes for a few short years when you were younger, but you might have spent the last three or four decades being that abuser in your own head and you're the one that's carried on the abuse. So you've got to own up get conscious, be a morally responsible, spiritually awake adult and say, I refuse to keep perpetuating these negative, shitty, sound asleep cycles that I've just, you know, when you know better, you've got to do better. That's it. You just have to. And you need to get your journal out. You need to start writing yourself your notes of, of every single time that you start to criticise yourself. You want to watch your words. You know, when people are saying things like, um, like I love complimenting people. It's I, I kind of think in myself when I do this, I go into a little social arena and I go, I'm going to be the love fairy. 
and it's like scattering glitter. Like I've got two Christmas cocktail parties, right, that oh, I'm hosting hilarious, now. Jane. And I like to scatter these little bits of fairy dust. So I will. I love complimenting people that it's always genuine. It's got to be genuine. It's not fake. It's like, oh, I like your dress when you think, oh, really can't believe she wore that. It's not that. I like to compliment people about something they don't expect the compliment to be. Love it. And so this is a trick that you can do with if, if you're put in a situation where you're stuck with people that you are not your tribe. And let's say you're stuck with a really superficial tribe. You actually compliment them on something that they would never be complimented on and it just softens them. <laughs> it's a really cool game. Oh, Jane. So, you know, you do that to yourself. You compliment yourself. You know, it, it, it's but it's amazing how often I'll go up to somebody and say, you know, when you smile, you just light up. You look like somebody that anybody could come up and say hello to. Mm. And they go, oh. Now, I would bet my last dollar that person has never heard that said to them in their entire life, right. ever. Right. They yeah. should be telling themselves that. When I smile, I know people can come up to me or say things like, you know what, I could see that little twinkle in your eye that I reckon when you feel like you're in a really safe arena, you're hilarious. I want to hang out with you. And they go, oh, wow, I'm funny. Actually, I can be funny yeah. because we all can be. Yeah. You see, once you realise everybody can be all things, you can actually give a compliment on anything to anyone and they have been it <clears throat> and they can be it. So as you start giving them out, but you watch the responses and people, if you don't, like, if you do the standard, oh, I really love that dress, oh, yeah, well, it used to look better on me until I put five kilos on. You know, like the, the self-sabotaging or, um, yeah, yeah. oh, I love your hair, oh, I don't know. I'm a bit uncomfortable with it. It's like, don't just don't take my words and reject them. Yeah, but that is self worth. Is the ability to be able to take a compliment and go, thank you, not apologize. We, we've or, done this before in other podcasts, but we have to. But you need to give it to yourself. You've got to be giving this positive self talk to yourself. And I want people to be doing the work where they do the visualizations. Pull yourself into your lap. Pull your six-year-old, four-year-old, 12-year-old, 15-year-old self into your lap. Hold that child's face adoringly. Look at their eyes. Look at their soul. Put your hand on their heart. Kiss their forehead. Tell them they're good enough. Tell them you love them. And people absolutely squirm when we try and get them to do this kind of work, and it shows how far you've got to go. If the thought of doing that makes you repulsed, Darling, this is the problem. This is the problem. And I say to people, listen, have you ever loved a pet? Have you ever had a dog or a cat that you just adored? And people say, oh, yes, and their eyes soften. Well, you've got to learn to love yourself the same way you love that dog. If you can't love yourself the way you love that dog, how you think? How do you think life's going to improve or change for you? How do you think you're going to feel when you wake up every morning for the rest of your life? Now, this is the other advice that I've been giving to people with the self-worth stuff. Every single person I say, how's your meditation going? Oh. And they, they give me a little twinkle and they kind of go, and then they go, oh, and either, oh, I used to, but I stopped, or oh, I never have, or I know I should, but I don't. And I, guys, I know it sounds boring and I know it sounds unrelated and I know it sounds like the last thing that you feel like you want to do or should do, but I'm actually telling you that it is the one and only answer to self worth. Why? Because Getting to the root of your self-worth problems is about going into those wounds. How are you going to do that? 
with awareness below the neck. You've got to go into the body. How many times a day do you sit with your body? Never. How used to you are having conversations with the parts of you that are trying to talk to you? You never do. How are you going to get used to doing that? By doing something that you can't fail, which is two minutes every two days. Put your hand up if you can't do two minutes every two days. Set a timer on your phone. You can put the alarm on your phone. Now, this is what you have to do. These are my rules. First of all, you have to choose a time of the day and be specific. Is it when you get up in the morning? And if so, what time is that? Is it 7.50 a.m. or is it 9.12 p.m. once the kids have gone to bed? Tell me what time. Second of all, where in the house are you going to do it? Because you have to do the same spot every single time because you want to charge that space. You want that space to feel like a good place to be going to each time you want to have your little quiet me time. Third of all, I want accountability. And that means you are going to draw up a star chart. Seven days of the week, columns and rows. Every time you do your two minutes, you're going to put a sticker or a tick or a word or a star or something. And at the end of that time, let's say two weeks or four weeks, you give yourself a reward. The next step of accountability is you're going to tell someone, someone who's one of those really cool, anal, efficient people who are highly, highly trustworthy, who always do what they say, and you're going to say to that person, could you do something for me? Can you pop in your diary in four weeks' time to flip me an email on this Friday and say, have you done your meditation so that you have to answer yes or no? You know that in four weeks' time, you're going to have to say either yes or no which, of course, isn't really about that person. It's about you being accountable to yourself. Don't ask a friend who's too easy and is going to forget. Ask someone who's like a business person to do that for you, okay? Now, two minutes every two days. If you can't even do that standing in the shower, don't even talk to me. Like, come on, people, <laughs> come on. And you might think that that's nothing, but how many minutes in a year does that add up to of hours of time that you have begun to sit with yourself? Why don't we want to sit with ourselves? Because it makes us extremely uncomfortable because we're not trained to do it, because we're Westerners, because it's painful, because we don't like ourselves, because we're scared of what we might find, because we don't want to be with ourselves very much. That's the whole problem. <laughs> Turn it around. Sit with yourself Get to know how your body talks to you because the universe talks to you through the language of emotions. Where are emotions? They are in your body. Where are all the answers you're looking for in your life? They're not in your head. They're not out there. They're not on the internet. They're in your heart. They're in your stomach. They're in your conscience. They're in your gut. They're in your hunch. They're in your intuition. When are you going to talk to those emotions in moments of silence. When do you have moments of silence? Never. I'm done. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me unless you're meditating. Okay, let's, let's move on to a, um, a positive little fun game that you can do with, <laughs> with self-worth. What's your dream? What is it that you'd like to have, experience, achieve? Why haven't you? it's going to come back to self-worth because anything is possible. So I want you to revisit something that you'd really like to achieve, and it doesn't matter what it is. You want to buy a latest BMW sports car. You want to set up your new business. You want to be able to host a party. I don't care what it is. But I want you to really look at this goal, this dream, with clear eyes about are you actually worthy of it? 
are you really worthy? And initially I think you're going to find the answer is going to be no. But I want you to explore deeper about why is that? Who says that you're not worthy of that? Why can't you drive the latest for BMW sports convertible car? Oh, no, my mum and dad always said that that was a bit like being a show-off. Well, what if we look at the word show-off and say, what if it was rather somebody that was demonstrating that they were manifesting the exact life that they wanted and desired, that it brought them joy and it was unique to them and that they are worthy of this? Now, if mum and dad don't think that they're worthy of it, that's their stuff. That's their story. It's not your story. What stories are you holding on to <clears throat> Holding on to that you're not your stories? Now, likely whatever it is that you tell in your story is uh, that has you not achieving your goal or dream, I will also bet my last dollar, I'm losing a lot of last dollars here, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not, no that this is not your story. It's going to be somebody that was important to you in your childhood and you've taken that story on or somebody that was important to you in a relationship in your early, you know, 20s or you were that you've taken that story on. So look at the stories of why you can't have that dream and it will be somebody else's story and you literally just let it go and write your own story. You're not somebody else's story. I had somebody that I was coaching last night that um was struggling with financial abundance and it wasn't her story she she said I said okay you know we've talked about this before where we've said are you worthy of it yes I am what's your fear that I'll have it and then I'll lose it all well when have you lost it all before I've been homeless why were you homeless I didn't want to live with mum and dad so I left well whose choice was that yours you actually chose it it's not a story you chose that that didn't happen to you right it was something that you chose to have happen. You didn't have to be homeless. When you were homeless, where'd you get your food? I begged. Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. So I said, well, where has it all been? Where's the lack? It's her parents' story. She does not have a story that says that it's all going to be taken away unless she self-sabotages, right. unless she chooses to have it taken away. So her new story is that she actually has no story that says that she shouldn't be financially abundant yeah, and that she is therefore worthy of it. In a smaller sense, if you're lying on the couch and you're looking at the clock and you're thinking, I know I really should get up and go to the gym or I really should go for a walk or I really should do that two minutes of meditation that Rebecca banged on about that I got excited about last week <laughs> and you don't, self-worth. Now, I want you to stop in that moment and tell me what emotion is coming up in your body to block you. Get real here, people. Get real. If you're lying on the couch knowing you should get up next time and you're not doing it, I want you to go into your body and look at what the block is because that's where all the answers are lying to this entire topic. It's right there. You can remove those little blocks. There's something in there which is self-sabotaging you from being the best, most amazing, healthiest, higher vibrational person that you can possibly be. And guess what? It's all your own stuff. Get it out. And I do want to say that if you are stuck on this stuff, I know both Beck and I are actually really good at actually being able to get to what it is and then give you the direction from there. You know, you just need that one word connected with the one memory that happened in childhood. And once you've got it, you're home on the home run. Oh, you're free. You're absolutely on the you're home just, run. You're on top so, of it. And I feel that we can both within one session nail that and get that. So if you do want the help, mm -hmm. please book in. I am worthy. I am perfect. 
unique, beautiful, talented, and fabulous. I am worthy of all my heart's desires. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Next week is our 100th episode, and we have an amazing surprise in store for you. So please be on the couch Wednesday morning for your free half-hour Love Life show. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. Have a gorgeous week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.